Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Andrea Parker. Andrea, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I know. I'm seriously so stoked for today's conversation. We've already been chatting for quite some time in our pre-call, so I should have recorded all of this. (laughs) But give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a human potential coach. I live just outside of Toronto in Canada. And how, you know, human potential, that's something, a phrase I haven't heard before, but how did you even get started and into this? Yeah, and this has been an an interesting journey. It hasn't been a straight, I'm going to sign up, I'm going to be a coach, and I want to be a human potential coach at that. It's actually been I've been a police officer for 10 years. So I was a police detective. I was in charge of a youth office and my journey started there. I've always been into personal development, growth, being the best I can be. I was a personal trainer. I I just loved learning about myself and others. And even though I was doing that in policing and and I loved helping people, it wasn't what I thought it would be. I actually remember it was the first first day in our, our policing at our police college. And I just remember sinking into my chair being like, Oh crap, I think I made a mistake. It's like, this is not what I want. And I had spent so much of my life getting to that point. I should have been celebrating. I should have been happy. If if anything, I felt like this isn't me. I feel like I'm living a lie. And what I ended up doing for those next 10 years is try to figure out how can I escape this? How can I get myself out of this job so I can do something where I feel like I'm not only living my best life, but doing something meaningful. And it led me on this, this windy path and towards, I would say I was about five years into my career. And that's where I started to get what I call baseball bats from the universe. It's where I know I need to be doing something. I'm not doing it. And then my get little taps upside the head until eventually it's this big baseball bat. And my first one was with my health. And health to me is super important, but competitive sports, naturally, I was a, a personal trainer. Like I loved feeling good. And it got to the point where I couldn't even drive to work. I was on, I had adrenal fatigue. I was on the supplements to just get me to the mailbox and back. I had to go every single week. I started to get allergies. I ended up getting what they called was anaphylaxis for um, exercise. It's like I was literally allergic to exercise which was insane because I spent most of my life exercising. So I started to look at at different ways of living and, and, and that's what kind of sparked really me digging into my inner journey. And then if we were to fast forward, I, I was trying to look at other financial ways to be able to leave. 
And that's when we bought a rental and we were pumped for it. And we had done all these things. We renovated it, we duplexed it. And the next day it flooded. And that was like, that was another phase. That was like so devastating to me. And it was also a moment where I knew that I had been doing all these things. Like I had done personal development. I had spent hundreds, probably like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on pretty much any course that I could think of. And I had been doing my work. I had been doing all these things, but it was, I knew I had to do something bigger, something deeper. And that's when I hired my first coach. And it was through that where I was already happy with my life. Like I, I had this outside success. I had a loving relationship with my wife. I had income properties. I had a six figure job inspiring thousands of kids each year. I had all these things, but I still felt like something was missing on the inside. Yeah. And it almost felt like it was like I was keeping myself stuck or I was sabotaging myself or another way it felt is it felt like I had hit this personal development plateau. It felt like I learned everything that I could learn on my own. And it was like, I'm not getting anywhere, which was so frustrating. So when I signed up for um, a coach, that's when I started to really commit to myself to doing my inner work. And through that, I was able to experience a huge transformation. So in my finances, they more than doubled the first year. I was able to, to allow my wife and, and, and we ended up creating uh, an own, a company for ourselves as well. She created her own six figures. We created one together. We had more time and freedom and essentially got out of the rat race, which was what we wanted. We wanted that freedom. We wanted to create something that was inspiring. And I wanted to share this, like these principles and tools that I learned from my own journey with other people. So it wasn't like, yay, I'm going to be a coach. It was like, I don't know how people create their most amazing life without this information. So it was more of a calling, a mission. It was, it was something that I knew from my heart that I needed to do. I want to stop you real quick right there, because although people may not have been on your exact journey, so many people can re relate. And, and I had something similar. I was in corporate for over a decade, but I just felt like hamster on a wheel, going through life's motions, mm -hmm. internally seeking, like I was being pulled to, I, I wanted more. And a lot of people call it seeking passion and purpose. And, and so I want people to know that there is a reason behind that. Follow the pull, follow the urge. And then a lot of people get so consumed in personal development, they're seeking the next high. And there's got to be a point where you stop, you step back, and then you start implementing. And my, my question, or I would imagine what happened with you and the coach, is you finally had accountability. You had someone to call you on your shit, someone to say, hey, you're not showing up, or let me fast track your progress. Absolutely. So there's, you can do a lot of, there's two ways you can do this. A lot of people either listen or they act. Oftentimes they're not doing both. And when I mean, listen, like actually listening, what is it that you truly want? What is it that you truly desire? Knowing that you're, you're worthy and you're capable of that. And often this is, so this is essentially from living from your heart and, and this is calling you out of your comfort zone. So a lot of people aren't listening. They're just acting. And a lot of the time I was acting, I was really good at doing the action piece. So I could take these courses. I could do these things. I was doing the action, but I wasn't necessarily listening on what was most important to me and acting, or I was doing the opposite. I'm just listening and I'm not actually putting in the work to do it. 
And that's where a lot of times we get stuck is because we're not doing both. So you can climb the corporate ladder and then you get there and you're like, well, this isn't meaningful to me. Well, because you're not actually listening to what's important to you or you're just doing personal development all day long and you're not actually implementing it into your life. Something I heard somebody say a couple of years ago was it's like you're climbing the ladder, leaning against the wrong building. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. I, you know, I climbed the corporate ladder outside success. That's I, I had that and I was still miserable. So I don't think it's about chasing the achieving. It's about finding the fulfillment but something I want to, I want you to deep dive into is number one, what is a subconscious limiting belief? We all have them. Where did they begin? And how do we, if we want change in our life, if we want these desires and this passion, purposeful fulfillment, how do we get there? So good. And even when you are saying the, like I can picture, okay, that, that ladder's on the wrong wall. It, it might be, but that also serves us too. So there's, Let's start with, there's two stages of human development. So there's, there's essentially two ways. The first one, everybody goes through this phase. So in this first phase, think of it as, let's, let's imagine you're like this little spiritual Buddha-like being before you come on earth, where you know that you are capable of living your most amazing life. You are worthy of having, being, and doing anything that you want. You can do pretty much anything. And then you come onto earth and all of a sudden you're taught that love comes from the outside, that fulfillment comes from the outside, that you need your parents or your guardians to keep you alive. Like you literally need them to survive. So right from the start, you start creating these illusions, these beliefs that I'm not enough or I need somebody outside of myself to feel safe, to feel fulfilled, to feel loved. And what happens is these stories, and they don't have to be anything crazy. Like it doesn't have to be a massive traumatic event. It could be something as simple as you're born and you're separated from them at the hospital for a couple hours. And you feel like, well, it's, I'm not safe. I'm not loved. Or you go to school and someone reads better than you. And you feel like, well, I'm not smart enough. Or you have a sibling that's brought home from the hospital and you're the oldest and you feel like, well, I'm not good enough. So we end up creating these stories. And these stories become limiting beliefs because what they do is they take you out of that essence where you know that you're worthy of having, being, and doing anything that you want. And now you're like, well, I'm not. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. And these actually decrease your self-worth. And the reason, go ahead. I was just going to ask you something. I just, I want to share this visual because I heard it this morning by Earl Nightingale. So this is from many decades ago. But I love how the OGs, the original gangsters, their truth and the knowledge they shared a hundred plus years ago are still relevant today. But the visual he gave, and I loved it, and it made me think when you were talking about that. So these quick life events, we, if our mind is a garden and each thought is a seed, so you planted that seed, the mind doesn't care what thoughts you're planting. It's going to to grow them. And and that's what, you know, you reap what you harvest, what you reap, what you sow. And so I, you know, it's these early memories that maybe we don't even remember, but we planted those seeds early and now we're living from that. So how do you go? Oh, cause sometimes what if we can't remember that earliest memory? How do you still pull the weeds, plant new seeds? Yeah. And I think that's so important because it's, 
we, we don't consciously know. So your conscious mind, so that this is where people can say what they want all day long. You can say, I want to have a, a healthy, loving relationship. I want to have a six figure income doing what I love. I want to travel the world. But if you don't believe it, because when you're two years old, you created this story that I'm not worthy of love. It's like someone pushes a button and you revert back to how you were when you were two. Consciously, so you're saying, I want to have this desire. Your conscious mind is the same size of a football. It's like a football. Your subconscious, so that belief that you stored, and 95% of your beliefs are subconscious, that's like a football field. So what's going to be more powerful, a football or a football field? So you can say what you want all day long, but if you don't believe it, especially on a subconscious level, it's not going to happen. So how do you go back and, and to answer your questions, how, how do you actually release or identify that, that belief? Consciously, you're not going to be able to. It's not like you're going to be like, okay, I, eventually you might be able to once you start doing some of the work, but it's not like you're going to be like, well, I can see that when I was two years old, this is what happened. The, the best way you can do it And what I I would say is to transition from that phase one. So that phase one of human development is that reactionary phase. You are living in a spin cycle. You're just reacting based on past stuff. So you're either living based on, um, could be, you're trying to run away from stuff that you found painful. You're trying to run towards things that you really liked, anything like that into the phase two. So phase two of human development, this is where, this is where if you want to live your most amazing life, if you want to truly create something extraordinary, reach your highest potential, get unstuck, the key is to live in this phase. And not everybody lives in this phase. I would say probably like 80% of the population is living in the unconscious, the reactionary phase. So how do you get into this phase two? So phase two. Yeah. Where's the golden ticket? What's, right. the, what's the code? Well, I have good news and I have bad news. So there's two ways you can get in there. One way is through inspiration. Like you're inspired. You're like, I, I just listened to this awesome podcast. I just read this book. I took this course. I see this person living this awesome life. I want to do that. So you challenge yourself. You get out of your comfort zone. You're like, I'm going to do that. That's one way you can do it. Most people, like nine out of 10 people, wait for that baseball bat from the universe. So most people get into phase two because most likely something very challenging happened to get them to wake up. So although it's challenging at the same time, this is your opportunity to enter into phase two. This is the really cool part. So for me, my baseball bat was our rental flooded and I I could have continued to live in phase one at that point. I could have continued to try to figure it on my own and do what I was doing and remain stuck. I had to choose. Like that was a pivotal moment for me where it's like, I need a coach. I need someone to help me with this, specifically with the limiting beliefs. One word you just said that I believe is so powerful is that it's choice or that you choose. It's, it's that moment you decide to try something new, go in a yeah. new direction. And you have to commit to yourself. Like You're not going to commit to yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. So you, yeah. you're absolutely right. But when you go to that phase, that phase two, it's not like everything's just all awesome. If anything, there's still going to be equal support and challenge, but the key difference is you're actually living from your heart. Mm-hmm. So you can live from fear, which is that phase one, those reactionary limiting beliefs, or you can live from your heart, which is the phase two. So how do you do that? 
So essentially your heart wants you to know two things. Yeah. It wants you to admit what you want. So that's that listening part. So it wants you to listen. What is it that you actually want? Know that you're worthy of it. And then it wants you to get into action. So that's kind of what we were talking about before. You need to, if you want to live an awesome life, you need to start listening, admitting what you want because your heart's speaking to you all the time. And it could be through a whisper or it could be through something louder. But if you're not listening, that's when that baseball bat's going to come and hit you upside the head so that you start. Is that why so many people are all about meditation? Because it gives you that moment, that time to get quiet and to tune in. Yeah. So if you think of, I think meditation is super powerful for quieting your mind. Like there's different types of meditation. You could do an active, passive. There's, there's a million different types. But the key is to actually quiet your mind because you can either live through your heart, you can live through your mind, which you can think your way into it out of anything. But if you're distracted, it's going to be really hard to listen to your heart. It's like, I don't know, let's say we order a pizza and we're waiting for them to come. And then we throw on some music really loud. We have a party and we can't hear them at the door. So then we get frustrated and mad being like, I'm trying to order a pizza and they're not delivering it. I've been waiting all this time. Meanwhile, the, the pizza delivery person has been outside the whole time. So it's the same with us and, and our dreams and desires. It's like we can say we want to listen to our heart, but if we're keeping ourselves busy or we're complaining or we're numbing ourselves or yes. distracting ourselves, like we're never going to be able to listen because we're not allowing ourselves to. I love that when they're so a numbing agent, everybody, you know, there are so many forms of numbing out, watching TV, shopping, obviously drugs, alcohol, um, eating. But man, I think when I figured out what were my numbing agents, how social media scrolling is a great one, whatever is distracting you or keeping you from that thing you really want to be doing. And then But even if you're aware, I think awareness is key, but even if you're aware, how do you stop that behavior? I think the key to know is that at some point you're doing it because it's serving you and you got to figure out how is this actually serving you and figuring out. So it's it's probably keeping you feeling safer for most people or it's, it's, you don't have to actually feel what it is that you have to feel in order to do it. So doing your inner work and is, is one of the most courageous things you can do. It's not, it's not like a walk in the park being like, okay, this is going to be all awesome. But if you actually challenge yourself to do these things, you'll be equally supported. Like I, I'm a huge believer in there's always equal support and challenge. So if you get out of your comfort zone, if you allow yourself to, to do the things that you need to do, you'll be supported equally. Maybe that's in terms of no longer needing that numbing agent or feeling healthier or attracting new networks or whatever it might be. But the, the key is knowing that it has served you and that's why you're, you're doing it. But also when you're in that phase one, in that reactionary phase, it kept you safe. It drove you while you were unconscious. We actually needed those limiting beliefs. So a lot of people are like, let's overcome these limiting beliefs. Let's break through them. You don't need to break through them. They've actually helped you. They've served you. It's like a rocket ship. You have that fuel cell and it helps you propel. It shaped your personality. So for me, a lot of my clients are high performers, high achievers. They are very successful. So it's actually, these beliefs have actually drove them to be who they are. 
But when you enter into phase two, which is living from your heart, that's a whole new game. You don't have to do it from the fear, the desperation. You can do it from inspiration. So you actually need to let go of those limiting beliefs, just like that rocket. So if you think of that rocket ship, it has that fuel cell. Once it gets up into space, if it doesn't let that go, it's going to explode. So same with you when you're trying to take the next step in living that awesome life. If you don't let go of those limiting beliefs that did help you once, but are no longer serving you, that's when things get really challenging. That's when you feel like you're holding yourself back. That's when you feel stuck. That's when you feel all these things. Can we rattle off some limiting beliefs? Because I think that is such a, you know, a popular word. Everyone talks about them, but I guess a couple I have real quick on my mind, but I'd love for you to share. Limiting beliefs are things like I have to work hard for money. Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm, what do you have? Yeah. Limiting belief can be anything that takes, that really creates this illusion that you're unworthy or you're not capable of being who you are at your core, at your essence. So a couple like examples, a lot of the common ones that I see is I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not like my, my sister. So I'm, I'm not worthy of, of whatever that might be. Other ones could be a limiting belief is it's not good for me to be successful because when I'm successful, I actually hurt other people. So we're just as scared of success oftentimes as we are a failure. So it doesn't have to be a limiting belief as in all negative. We can actually have beliefs stored into us that are positive emotions that keep us just as stuck as the negative ones. So an example of a negative or what we perceive as a negative one could be, let's say you're infatuated with your, your first boyfriend or girlfriend and you thought they were the end all be all and then you break up and now you resent them and you're like well that was horrible I never want to go through that experience so you actually store that because you didn't see that there was both sides you didn't see equal support and challenge so that actually gets stored as emotion in your body which creates these limiting beliefs the opposite side of that is we could see this person as this end all be all and we create them to be this amazing person And now we're trying to recreate that. So we're not actually living from our heart in the moment. We're actually trying to avoid something that we thought was painful. We're trying to recreate it because we love it. So I had a client, she came to me, she wanted to have a loving relationship and she keeps attracting these essentially the opposite of what she wanted. And what, what I helped her realize is that she was actually infatuated with her ex. She was trying to recreate this relationship she had with her other partners. So she wasn't actually seeing them for who they were and she wasn't actually showing up as herself in the relationship. So until we were able to neutralize that charge, she was stuck. So limiting beliefs can be both. A limiting belief is is that, but it's also something that's keeping you from seeing both sides of the picture, seeing that full potential. Like the rose-colored glasses? Yeah, it can be. So that would be more so, those are more emotions. So if you were to think of it as you can live through your mind, so a limiting belief, you can think your way into and out of anything, keeps you a little bit safer. The other way is your emotions. Mm -hmm. So emotions can create these limiting beliefs. And that would be, could be the rose colored glasses, or it could be this sucks and everything doesn't work out good for me and nothing ever good happens for me. And 
I can work as hard as I want. I'm not going to get ahead. So it can be both. The key is to live from your heart because when you're in your heart, nothing's missing. And when you're in your heart, you actually experience love, gratitude, inspiration, or wisdom. So what what does it mean to live in your heart? Yeah. And that's, that's so hard because it's such a easy thing to say, but it's really not that straightforward. But when you live in your heart, it could be so, so love, gratitude, inspiration, and wisdom are the key ones that bring you there. Gratitude is such an easy way to get you into your heart. It, it helps you transcend and transform back into your heart because emotions disconnect you from your heart. When you see something as more good than bad or more bad than good, that takes you out of your heart. Just like that example with my client. She's like, this person's all awesome. Well, that's not the truth. So that actually took her out of her heart. Question real quick. Is that anytime you're judging good or bad? So any form yeah. of judgment gets you out of your heart. Judgment gets you out of, if, if you're not experiencing love, gratitude, inspiration, wisdom, you are not in your heart. You're most likely in your emotions or you're in your thoughts. So the keys to actually re-enter into your heart. So is it, is it realistic to live through your heart all the time? No. The name of the game is to try to reconnect much faster. And you can reconnect through that gratitude piece. So gratitude would be like seeing the perfection in the situation. So it's like, it's, have you heard of the scientist and the butterfly story? So like he's, we have the scientist and he's watching this butterfly germinate. Essentially it's coming out of the cocoon and it's struggling for hours and hours and hours. And he's like, I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to cut it open for him. But what happens is the butterfly needed to struggle. It needed that resistance in order for it to fly and survive. So when we're in that phase one of human development, we just want things to be easy. So we think when I'm good, good things happen to me. When I'm bad, bad things happen to me. And that's not the truth. So those stories and those limiting beliefs, those emotions that we created, they get stored. And what happens is when you go later on in life, like let's say now you you want to have career success, you wanna have freedom, you're, you're not going to because those, those things that you created in the past are keeping you stuck. So gratitude, you actually have to go back and you have to see how these things actually supported you. And by doing that, it, it takes away and it allows you to transcend what was keeping you stuck. A really quick example could be if you, one exercise would be write out three things that you found most challenging when you were younger. So you would write out, okay, so these are the three things that popped in my head. They're the most challenging. And then you could write out, what are the three things currently today that you find are your highest values? So one of my most challenging events when I was younger is I I hated the fact that I was gay. I rejected myself for being gay. I knew in my heart that I was gay, but I was like, it's not safe for me to listen to what this is saying. And now one of my highest values is to live from my heart and help other people to live from their heart. So we have, we have to be able to see that there's always going to be that equal support and challenge. And that actually gets you back into your heart. So if you are having a challenge and just a really simple way to do it is you could just say something simple as since I'm worthy of love, where is this guiding me to go that I otherwise wouldn't have gone? Or since I'm worthy of love, what's the benefit in this for me? So instead of being like, well, this is, 
this isn't working out and this is horrible. It's like, well, actually, how is this benefiting me? And where's, where's this guiding me to go? That's one way that it'll, it'll bring you back more into your heart into from a place of gratitude. Is this, because I, I definitely want to share your processes that you shared with me. Yeah. Are you kind of going into the four-step process that you shared with yeah. me? Okay. Can we talk yep. about this four-step process? What are they? So that first step is living from your heart. So the key is that. So you need to listen. So admit what is it that you want, know that you're worthy of it, and then put it into action. And it could be carving out time, quieting your mind, whether that's through journaling, whether that's through just a walk, a meditation, something that's inspiring to you. And start listening. Like, what is it that you want? Listen to the whispers. And you'll know it's your heart speaking because it's calling you out of your comfort zone. It's also quiet. If it's loud, it's in your face. If it's highs and lows, that's fear or your ego. Yeah. Okay. And then you got to get into action. And then the second step in the process is using gratitude to be able to help you to connect back to your heart much quicker. So using the, seeing the perfection in the situation. I, I love doing, um, even if it's just, it's not necessarily a pro and con list, but you can write down what are the negatives, what are the, the drawbacks and what are the benefits of how whatever happened or is happening to you is serving you. And that's one way it'll neutralize that emotion because you want to live in your heart, not emotions and not solely through your mind. And then the third one is releasing those beliefs or at least identifying them. We want to figure out how do you know you have a limiting belief and then what do you do next with it? Yes. So that, that's a big one because oftentimes we don't even, you're not going to create what you want in life. You create what you believe. And that's something that my mentor shared with me. So you're not going to create what you want. You create what you believe. Yeah, I wanted you to repeat that and highlight it. I started in my notes 100% because we all want things, right? You want more money, you want relationships, maybe you want better health. But if you don't believe you're worthy or you don't let these things go, you're going to want the rest of your life. Yeah, and that's where we feel frustrated. That's where we feel stuck. That's where we, we wonder, am I the one holding myself back? Am I self-sabotaging? What's happening here? So you do, you need to believe you're worthy of it. So think back to your conscious mind. So that's the size of the football. Your subconscious is that football field. So you can say what you want all day long, but if you do not believe it on a subconscious level, it's not going to happen. You're never so going to get you, that end zone, right? You're, you're not going to get that touchdown. So how do you know you have a, a block or belief? So there's three clues. So the first clue is, you know what you need to be doing but you're not doing it. And this could be as simple as let's use health as an example. So you want to be healthy. You want to be fit and you made a nutrition plan. So you know, you need to be doing your nutrition plan and you're doing the opposite of that. You're eating junk food. You're eating crap. So you know what you need to be doing. You're not doing it. Oh, so that's simply a form of sabotage. You know what you, I hate the word should. Yeah. You know what to do. And you're doing the opposite. So that's what you're saying. And that, so you're sabotaging because then you can't fail. Yeah. And, and you know what you want to do? Maybe should's not, I, I love that word reframe. I think want to do is, is more inspiring, but also could be like a, a client of mine. She wants to have the freedom with her coaching business. So she wants to bring in more clients. So as part of that, 
she decided she designed this plan where she wants to put more content out there. That's her plan. And she's not doing it. She's doing anything but that. Mm. Or you want to pick up the phone call and invite somebody to an event and you're doing anything but that. Yeah. So that's one clue. The second clue is you know what you need to be doing and you're doing it, but it's way harder than it needs to be. So let's say you're updating your website, but it is a struggle every day. You're like dragging your feet to get there and you're like, I hate this. And it's just this huge inner resistance or you're eating that salad, but the whole time you're like, I, this is way harder than it needs to be right now. That's the second one. The third clue is, you know what you need to be doing. You're doing it, but you're getting opposite results. So you are eating salads, you're working out and you actually feel crappier than you did before. Or you're trying to attract inspiring, loving clients and you're attracting people who you do not resonate with and who don't resonate with you. And these are all three clues that you have a limiting belief. So these are clues to figure out, like, because a lot of times we feel like, why am I stuck? Why? I know what I need to be doing. Yeah. I know what it is I need to do next. I'm not doing it. Why am I not doing it? Or why am I not getting ahead? Why do I still feel like this? So this is one way to identify, okay, this is a limiting belief here. This isn't because I don't actually want this. And it's not that you're procrastinating. It's not that you're trying to sabotage on purpose or any of those things. The reason this is happening is because your subconscious mind has associated more pain than pleasure with that actually happening. Mm -hmm. So your subconscious mind has associated more pain than pleasure. It's like, this isn't actually safe or good for me to do. So I'm not going to allow it to happen. Something that just popped in the way you said that, because we were talking about health is I, I've heard this, let's say women as an example, women keep a, a bigger exterior because maybe they were sexually assaulted when they were younger. So by being bigger, it's this protection barrier. So to get healthy and thin again is not safe. Is that what, does that make sense? Yeah. So the reason, the reason we have these beliefs is because at some level we believe that they're keeping us safe. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing it anymore. Safe yeah. or it's not good for us or, or one of those could be any of those but yeah that that would be an example of a subconscious belief it's not like they're consciously saying well i'm gonna continue to keep more weight because this is how i feel a lot of it's that subconscious that we don't even know that we have stored yeah and it could be something like one of my clients she always felt like she was going to get in trouble so she was scared to take her business to the next level she had six figures she was going for multiple six figures and every time she hit a certain revenue, she couldn't get past that number. And what it turned out being is when she was two years old, she was in her crib and she was crying and her dad came in probably working nights and yelled at her to stop. So she associated, oh, when I ask for what I want, when I, when I speak my truth, when I do it, it's not good. I get in trouble. I'm not going to ask for what I want anymore. So for her, she'd hit a certain point and she'd be like, I know that I want to earn. 300,000, 400,000, but it's not good for me to do that. So I'm not going to do it. So it's not like she knew that and was, was doing it on purpose. It's that we have these beliefs that we created and then someone's pushing a button. It's like Pavlov. Pavlov was the Russian scientist where he would 
feed his dog, ring a bell. And all of a sudden he would, the dog learned to salivate or would salivate with just the bell and no food. Same with us. We have conditioned responses. So it could be physical. Like if I actually had a lemon here and I cut it open and, and we imaginary walked it through and I gave it to you without a lemon, you'd probably still salivate. So that's a conditioned response, but emotional conditions responses are just as powerful. And that's what we're talking about with these limiting beliefs. They are emotional conditioned responses because your subconscious mind, when it was young, created the story that this is bad for me or this is good for me. And now you're just pushing that button and going back to when you were that age. So question for you, because we've touched on so many golden nuggets. Like this is such powerful information what are key takeaways to implement or to understand in order to make change? The biggest one for me, for me, the most game changing thing you can do is to challenge yourself to do your inner work and have a tool or a resource to help you to be able to release these limiting beliefs. So for me, I use, I use a couple, um, but essentially Step one would be connecting with your heart. Like if, if you're not at the point where you're totally ready to dive in and actually create deep change through releasing this stuff with a coach, I would start with step one. What are some simple things that you can do to connect with your heart? So you can live through fear or you can live through your heart. Start carving out time. What is it that you actually want? And I can tell you in pursuit of you living your dream, living your most inspiring life, following those little action steps, things will pop up and that's when you'll be like, okay, I can see there's a limiting belief here. And at least you're, you're aware that it's a belief and it's not who you are. So there's nothing innately wrong with you. It's just a belief you've created because it's somehow serving you. So then you could be a detective and be like, how is this still serving me? I wonder why this is still serving me. But the key is if you are ready for deep transformational change is to jump in and actually release these limiting beliefs because otherwise you're just going to be on this hamster wheel trying to, to do something that your conscious mind is saying and your subconscious is like, no, we're not going to do that. What you said there reminded me, Abraham Hicks, who we, we both have listened to and, and I seriously love, but Abe always says a belief is just a thought you keep thinking. And I love the idea that Thoughts or words only have the meaning we attach to it. So yeah. to understand and, and just realize, oh, I had that thought. It's not me. That's not who I, I can release that thought. I don't have to be that thought. That's no longer serving me. Let it go. I love it. Because you're the conscious creator. You're not just running on autopilot. It's like you, you are stepping up. Yeah, you, you are the one there opposed to just this belief running you for sure. Oh, I love that. Okay. So a couple of questions I want to ask you to wrap up the interview. Yes. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Outside of your comfort zone lies your destiny. That is so outside of your comfort zone lies your destiny. So if you yes. challenge yourself to live outside of your comfort zone, you will be supported. If you just look for support and you just want to stay in your comfort zone, the universe is going to challenge you. So call me a control freak, but I would rather challenge myself. Yeah. If I'm going to be challenged either way, I'd rather challenge myself doing something that I absolutely love or that's in, in alignment with what 
my, my heart wants or, or my vision. So outside of my comfort zone lies my destiny is probably the biggest one. Um, even when I was transitioning out of policing, when I go into, we're, we're looking to relocate, we're, we're buying our dream house on the lake, like these things, even though they're inspiring to us, they're still scary. So yeah. outside of your comfort zone lies your destiny. I love that. Uh, second question, what is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Right now, I'm rereading a couple of Dr. John Demartini's book, a really good one that I've been recommending to a lot of my clients lately. It's, it's an oldie, but a goodie is the gratitude effect. Mm. And he is actually my mentor's mentor. So a lot of the principles that, that we talked about today is from my mentor, Lee Janelle and, and through Dr. John Demartini. Um, but he talks a lot about the, the gratitude as well. And I think that would be super powerful to help you to not only connect with your heart, but to be able to, to moving forward, have some, some really tangible exercises that you can do to help you. Yes. I love that. Okay. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Have more fun. Like just <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, life is like a trip. So if we were going to Europe, it's not like we'd pack a whole bunch of stuff and we would just sit inside and worry the whole time. It's like, we're going to explore. We're going to enjoy. Life is just a trip. So enjoy it more, not be so hard on yourself and to, to have fun. Like that's, that's really the, the name of why we're here is to learn to love ourselves and others, but also enjoy. I love that. And what a great note to end on. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? You got it. Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.